Welcome back to Camden Cast, your unofficial and extremely dif- uh, delinquent Orioles fan podcast from CamdenChat.com. I'm your host, Mark Brown, and since last we spoke, the Orioles kind of uh, won the American League East, and it's actually crazy because I'm 30 years old, and that's only the second time that has happened in my life. So I am joined, as always, for our jubilant celebration podcast by my partner in crime, Stacy Fulcomer. Stacy, how's it going? It's going good. It's been too long since we've done this. Yeah, we we are uh, we are highly delinquent podcasters. It turns out we have had to put our focus more on writing on Camden Chad, and that leaves less time than we would like for doing podcast stuff. But the season, the regular season, is over. The playoffs are still to come, and we're excited. So we're here to share some of that excitement and postseason uh, fervor with all of you. <laughs> Because seriously, this year has been so awesome. I like I, I honestly can't even comprehend it all. It's just uh I like you know, Stacy, we watched or listened to nearly every game between the two mm-hmm. of us and like I still don't really understand how it happened. It was just a bunch of guys that no one expected to be the ones stepping up over and over again. Like, and I'm sure all of you out there have had this thought yourself at some point, but just if, if you had allowed yourself to imagine before the season started and, and just took this wild flight of fancy, okay, the Orioles are going to win 96 games, just have a cakewalk through the American League East, what would be the things that you would say, oh, well, Chris Davis is going to hit 50 home runs again, and, you know, Manny Machado comes back and plays like a full season and does awesome, and... You know, Matt Weeders breaks out at the plate for the whole season. Well, guess how many of those happened? None. Like, if you had instead said, oh, Chris Davis is going to bat under 200 and get suspended for 25 games, and Machado plays less than 100 games, and Weeders doesn't even play a full month, like, at that point, you're going to think more like 96 losses than 96 wins. Oh, and their big ticket free agent addition, Ubaldo Jimenez is an ERA near to five over the whole season. Like, that's, a, you know, that's that's a that's a dark days Orioles team, but it's actually the AL East winning Orioles. Right, and not not scratching their way to the top of the AL East, just beating everyone down on their path. It wasn't even close. And I am just perplexed how it happened. I mean, I, like you said, we watch all the games, we see all the, all the amazing stuff that happens, and it just seems to me like this team knows how to get every ounce of talent out of every player. You know, you don't have these bench guys who are useless. Every guy, even players like David Lowe, who underperformed expectations, still have come in, come through and done things off of the bench that you're like, oh, that's so much better than when the bench was, you know, Felix PA or someone like that. So it just... It's amazing what they've done with with who's on the roster. It's makes it I mean, I would love to have a team full of superstars because I feel like that, you know, who wouldn't? But it seems almost more rewarding this way because who are these guys? Yeah, I I mean, they're the Orioles. They're the 2014 Orioles division champions and mm-hmm. it's awesome. We certainly did not see this coming. Stacy and I were revisiting our uh our preseason predictions and We'll just throw them out there to our own embarrassment for all of you. So uh, I was the optimist of the two of us predicting the Orioles would have an 87 and 75 record. So only nine games off. 
never would have guessed they would come anywhere close to winning the division. Stacy said they would have 84 wins. With, I mean, with in the my most defense, valuable Oriole being Nick Markakis. <laughs> I wanted to believe. But, I mean, think about it, um, Mark. You don't... The team that the Orioles had in 2013 that won 85 games, going into 2014, did you think that this team seemed this much better? Because it didn't. No, because what did they, what did they improve? They didn't. Like, they didn't upgrade anywhere, especially considering their big spending move was a bomb. Well, don't forget Nelson Cruz. Yeah, Nelson Cruz was good, but it, I mean, there were question marks about him. Like, oh, mm-hmm. how's he going to come? Like, is he old? Is he, oh, biogenesis was the only reason he was good, so. Right. Well, I think that while we all agreed that Cruz was a, a good pickup for for the once his price got to be so cheap, none of us could have imagined he would you know lead league in home runs and the absolute fu season. And you know what? He's going to get a nice payday next year, and good for him. Good for him. Possibly the best one season Oriole. Well, so I mean, probably of my of the years I can remember. I don't know if we go back. Somebody will say like. No, I think old Reggie Jackson had a pretty good year for the yeah. Orioles, even though everyone hates his guts. Yeah. <laughs> Suppose he did. But Nelson Cruz, as far as in our lifetime, is up there. I mean, yeah, for and I think that he, I mean, you can't measure these things, but just the way that he seemed to, you know, interact with, you know, Jonathan Scope and other guys in the dugout, I don't know, he, he ended up being a much better teammate than I expected. And I think, you know, that can only be beneficial. There's no way to know how much that kind of thing, like, keeps a team, you know, together. But he's been great. And But I think even if... I think you could have told me, this is a season Nelson, Nelson Cruz as an Oriole will have. But then all of these other things that you already named will also happen. I would have been like, well, nice for Nelson, but still won't be enough. That's a very good but point about are. him being a good teammate. Like, I mean, it's it's really hard to grasp how much that kind of thing matters but just like i mean the worst case scenario for signing Cruz was probably like go back three years and you know seal yourself to remember the vladimir guerrero tenure just like permanently the number four hitter despite the fact that he was old and just wasn't good anymore yeah well, i think vlad had a lot more warning signs than than nelson cruz yeah older I'm sure. I'm sure. and had I mean, Nelson Cruz had been suspended for you know, the last 50 games of last year, but he before that, he was having a phenomenal season. And Vlad had sent the, spent the entire second half of the year before uh, he came to the Orioles being just miserable. And they thought that they would get, I don't know, a younger version of him, and they certainly did not. But I'm just so excited about it, but I can't keep up my momentum because we have to wait four days for the playoffs to start. Oh, I know. And I'm at, I this... just think back to 2012. So, okay, we were in the wild card game, and it was, what, two days later? And then the next day, the ALDS was back in Baltimore? Or was there see, a was it the See, was it the very next day, or did they have an off day? Maybe I'm remembering. I mean, maybe just all... Because, you know, 2012, they were fighting, fighting, fighting the entire time. Right. What did they clinch? The day... They clinched the day... They were they flying had like one... to Tampa for the last series. when. They... Right, so they had three games left when they clinched. Got ruined by Joe Nathan uh, getting to clinch on the field That's in front your... of the fans, if I remember. Yeah, and 
So, but so that's all the th- the time that they had to get ready. And even then, they didn't know for sure. They clinched a playoff spot, but they when they went into Tampa, they still had an outside chance of getting into division. They didn't get it, obviously. But then they weren't sure. Oh, are they going to play at home? Are they going to play? You know, it was all very fast. Yeah. And here we've just been like sitting around enjoying ourselves. Like the Orioles have been openly not giving a crap if they win or lose games for about two weeks now. Like, yeah. Technically, oh well, they had to play to lock up the number two seed, or even oh well, they could have had the number one seed. But like, it, you can't look at the lineups the Orioles have been running out there for, especially the last week, and say, oh, that Showalter really took that seriously as a as a goal. Like, no, if, I don't if think that he happened. Did. Great, but I mean, for crying out loud, Alexi Casillo played a, a, a batted leadoff yesterday, and he wasn't on the roster the entire season before that. Like, and he made an error. It's just like you stick someone at third base, they make an error. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they are. Anybody out there will make an error at this time. Yeah, I didn't see the game yesterday because I was at a wedding shower, which, but I wasn't that hurt about it since. It was a meaningless game, like Casillo was batting leadoff. But I took a look at my phone and saw the box score and saw three errors, and I was just like, "I bet a million dollars one of those is from Alexi Casillo." And sure enough, sure enough, errors from uh, Alexi Casilla, Christian Walker, and Brad Brock, I think, made the third one there. Yeah, I think it was Brock. So two of those guys we're not seeing in the postseason. I gotta figure. Yeah, I think so. Um. Thankfully, if we see Alexi Casilla in the postseason. Yeah, I would be uh, be a little bit upset about that. Although on the Masson broadcast, they claimed, oh, well, if Casilla had been healthy, they would have had him up. But that, that's, that, I mean, that just sounded like. I mean, Casilla was on the team a couple years ago. Was that, that wasn't last year, was it? It was last year. Anyway, it was it. He was terrible. My, my ultimate. Remember how he just kept getting thrown out yeah, the base Yeah, my pass? ultimate Alexi Casilla memory. It was a game I was in the press box, and he, he came on to pinch run. I'm pretty sure he was pinch running. Maybe he got on on his own, but it, it was like one out yeah. in the ninth, and he was on first base, and I don't remember who, but someone just hit the most routine fly ball to right field <laughs> imaginable. I and remember. Casilla just started running, and he didn't stop running. It was like there was two outs, and you know, guys just run around the bases with two outs. It was like that, but there was one out. He was like on third base running towards home when the double up throw to throw him out at first got back to first. Like he never stopped at any time. And I was just like, what is this? And then he got thrown out to end the game, like doing something at home in another game. It it was. uh, Yeah, his base running shenanigans do not fit in with the Buckshow Walter Orioles. That's for sure. Not not wanting to see any more of him. I had enough of that. Mhm. Agreed. So, but what do you do about third base in the playoffs? Yeah, that's a big question. I mean, I, I like who's the best option? Is it going to be Ryan Flaherty? I don't know. I feel like Ryan Flaherty. Cause scope, whatever. Defensively else is, is the best option, what? except he's been making errors over there too. Yeah. I think um we were looking it up after today's game. In the last 10 games, the Orioles have made 13 errors, all in the infield, if you include catcher, and seven of them were by a third baseman. And three of those were from Ryan Flaherty. So, I don't... And we weren't impressed with Ryan Flaherty uh, in in April before Machado was back either, if I remember right. I mean, I think that we kind of have in our 
our minds that Flaherty is a is a good defender, but I don't know. He never seems to um, screw up too much when he's filling in for JJ at shortstop, but at third base, he's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to, I mean, I guess I we'll have to wait and see who makes the roster, but you've got, you know, Johnson, Flaherty, Parides. I guess that's it. Not Casilla. But I mean, what do you, I mean, I think Parides has shown himself to be definitely the most, biggest liability at third base. Yeah, he just, he can't make a good throw. Well, I don't want to say can't. He has not made good throws a number of times. I also feel I also feel like he's got let some balls get past him that while you don't need a Manny Machado over there to catch them, so a normal third baseman should have should have caught them. And I don't you know, he just kind of just out of his grasp and I don't know. I mean Kelly Johnson, I guess he also is not great. I don't know what to say about any of them. Like none of them inspire any confidence. And at least if I felt like at least if one of them was a kind of a crappy defender but was hitting really well, you could be like, well, maybe he'll make up for it. But none of them do that either. Yeah, that was Steve Pierce, and then he got forced over to first by dint of Chris Davis uh, ending up with some Adderall in his system. Yeah, I think – I mean, I, you obviously have to have Pierce at first every single game yep. in the playoffs yep. because the only other guy that's going to be in the postseason roster who plays first is going to be Ryan Flaherty. And I guess you could stick Nick Marquez there. One of the catchers. Yeah. I guess. Do you, but at this uh, point, I mean, I don't want to see Joseph. Like, I, I was very happy to have the Caleb Joseph story be part of the Orioles this year. but They got to just play Huntley. Like, what did he end over 37 or something like that? I don't know if that was the exact number, but it was horrendous. And he, like you said, a great story, but you got to make a decision and then you can't and Hundley is no great shakes but at least he, he'll get on base sometimes Caleb had a 272 OPS in September oh my gosh 080 batting average 132 on base 140 slugging mm. and that was in uh, 55 plate appearances so it's not like that was scattered playing time yeah I think I know that the guys like pitching to him but they seem they don't seem to mind Hundley. And I gotta say, you can't put that bat in the playoffs. And Hundley is like the personal uh Nick or Hundley is the personal Chris Tillman catcher anyway. Mm-hmm. Although he's been catching well, I know um Kevin Gossman we just saw is gonna be in the bullpen in the ALDS, but even though like Caleb and Kevin Gossman have been kind of like there that was they were the team from the get go, I think Hundley's been catching Gossman of late also, so I don't know. But I just think at this point, it's the playoffs. You got to put the best chance in there. And Caleb Joseph, as wonderful I think he is, is as a human, is not the best option. No. So you got to go with Nick Hundley. I think you're already going to have. I mean, the good thing is you have a bunch of guys who can hit. So, but you can't just put Caleb Joseph at the end of the lineup in the playoffs. I just can't even imagine it. Like, I mean, I, to some extent, you never know what you're going to get in the playoffs. Because, for instance, Ryan Flaherty hit a home run the last time the Orioles were in the playoffs, which is still... One, it's cool that I can say the last time the Orioles were in the playoffs and Ryan Flaherty was was involved in that since it's so recently. But two, yeah, I mean, you never know what will happen. But you, you don't want to yeah. count on that. 
You know, right. You never know what will happen, but you still have to be as prepared as you can be. And I think that, I mean, obviously, Buckshot Walter is a smarter man than I am or right. you we, are. We have no reason to doubt so we don't, that Walter will make So whatever he decides, I trust that he has a reason that is much more well-informed than anything I will say. But just when you watch Caleb Joseph play, oh, it's brutal. Like, you can't, he's hitting worse than a pitcher. There were pitchers that had a better year than that, for sure. And it sounds like the Orioles are only going to carry 10 pitchers. That They were bandying that about, mm-hmm. which is bold, I think, and uh, also leaves more room for position players and possible pinch-hit matchups later in games and what have you. He probably, I mean, I'm guessing, you know, if you have an extra shot on the bench, that's even if it's like Quinton Berry because they need someone to run bases. You know, you have that option. So I don't know. I think that if they end up needing more pitchers, it'll be like because they're in big trouble anyway. And what would one more relief pitcher do? That's what I think. Yeah. Like, you know, if they end up in the place where like, oh, we just need one more relief pitcher, then you're probably not in a very good position to begin with. And if they're moving, uh, if they're going to have Gossman in the pen, you know, he's a guy who, if the starter gets knocked out early for some reason, can come in and pitch five innings, six innings. So I think having that kind of long man in there, which is, I think is kind of typical in the in the playoffs, um, kind of maybe you don't have to do as much pitching changing in the early innings. So. Like, on one hand, if they get a starter knocked out early in a five-game series, it has to, it feels like oh my god they're in trouble, but they're not. Right. The Orioles the Orioles are never out of it. Well, they're, they're never out of like, it. If they maybe if they're down like ten to nothing after three innings, they're they're yeah. In trouble. But if it's like if it's like five to two after five innings, it can turn around very abruptly. Even if the starter seems to be mowing them down, as long as they don't let the starter throw a complete game. Yeah, I think that... I mean, obviously, you don't ever want to be down five runs. <laughs> but I think if you're if the Orioles are down less than five runs, it still can be very grim. But I never, this year, don't feel... Until it gets to be like the seventh or eighth inning, like, well, <laughs> this is terrible. You know, because they have shown so many times that they're capable of scoring bunches of runs in like no time flat like, just take this last week what happened in the final game at yankee stadium that they played up oh, they're they're down by three going into the ninth and david robertson is pitching and he's really good and it's like ah he's just gonna mow him down one two three well the one guy gets on base and jones boom two run home run tying runs at the plate oh it's steve pierce gone Tied up just like that. Now we're not going to talk about everything that happened beyond that, but right. But I mean, they, they scored three runs off of the closer, off of a, a very good closer, and that's kind of like I feel like the trademark of the Orioles is they just strike any time in the game. Of course, I would love for them to have scored those runs in the first inning instead of the ninth, but what can you do? You know, it happened. But I feel like any time in the game, like you said, sometimes they'll have a starting pitcher. Two times through the lineup, the Orioles look like they can't figure him out. Like What's getting, happening? They're getting perfect game through five innings. And all yeah, and then in the sixth inning, they score five runs. Yeah. They're never out, and it's fun, but stressful also. Because when you're sitting there on like the, the fourth inning of getting no hit, it's just feeling like, oh, man, how long is this going to go? Because you can't, you can't like as a fan, you can't just count on, oh, no matter what, they're going to score. Because sometimes they don't. Right. Sometimes they just 
they don't. And, uh, you know, they, they get complete gamed by freaking Drew Hutchison or something, who has a 5 ERA against all of baseball and something in the low twos against the Orioles. Yes, well, they beat him when it counted. They did beat him the in the clinching game. game. That's true. But mm-hmm. then they went back to getting shut down by him. and uh, Ah, screw him. His season's over. It's true. His season is over, and the Orioles is not. So we've got that going. Exactly. So speaking of the Orioles taking advantage of crappy relievers, uh, the Tigers' bullpen is really bad. Oh, yeah. So not to get all arrogant Orioles fan on here, and I, and I hope I don't have to eat crow about that, but <laughs> Tigers' relievers this season have been pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, the Tigers have a scary rotation, but if you can get past their rotation, I mean, they are bad. They are Jim Johnson in the bullpen bad. They had they had Jim Johnson pitch 16 games for them and had a 6.92 ERA. That's how bad things were. Like one that they felt like they needed to get him, and then two he continued to be awful because their closer is Joe Nathan who. Uh, is more notable in Orioles playoff history as the guy who kept them from getting to celebrate clinching the wild card spot in 2012 at home. This, uh, the, the players were standing out on the field watching Texas play, what was that, the Angels maybe? Mm-hmm. Texas play the Angels. On the Jumbotron, because if Texas had uh, won that game, the Angels would have been eliminated from passing the Orioles in the wild card race at that time. But Joe Nathan blew it. So they didn't get to celebrate that one in Baltimore. Well, now he's the closer for the Tigers. He saved 34 games this year, but as we saw with Jim Johnson, the number of saves uh, is not always important because he had a 4.89 ERA in 57 innings and a 1.561 whip, which is just all kinds of bad for your guy you're turning to religiously in the ninth inning. Yeah. They got Java Chamberlain out there, who, on top of having an absolutely hideous and inhuman beard, uh, has has. I think that things live in there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. They've uh, they've had a lot of action from Phil Coke, who has a 3.88 ERA, which again is not not very good. Yeah, I mean Phil Coke, Java Chamberlain, Joe Nathan are like the trifecta of. How are those guys in a bullpen on a team that is going to the playoffs? They're just... And I think yeah, maybe we get spoiled because our bullpen has been pretty phenomenal this year. Of course, so is the 2012 bullpen, and we saw how that ended up. Yeah, but, you know, you know, yeah. anything can happen. The good, news you know? is, the good news is there will not be any Raul Abanez until the ALCS at the earliest because he's on the Royals. So <laughs> keep that in your mind. Lord Voldemort lurks. Still in this postseason, but uh, now that you say that, it makes me not makes me want the world. Well, just as it. long as it's not Brian Mattis pitching to him, and honestly, I hope Brian Mattis is not on like the roster at all. Because you think Brian Mattis might not be on the roster? Well, I mean, what? Who is he? Certainly against Detroit. Like, what do you need Brian Mattis for? It's not even like they have a lefty. That's true. They're, like the only lefty bat they have is in their starting lineup is Alex Avila. Is Mer- Martinez isn't a switch hitter? Did I make that? Yeah, Martinez is a switch hitter. Okay. But he's scary no matter who's pitching against him. Yeah, Victor Martinez with the 979 OPS this year is uh, good. Career yeah. year at age 35. Uh, we'll just move on from that. But yeah, but really outside of uh, 
Martinez and Cabrera. Victor Martinez versus left-handed pitching, 1.123 OPS this year, for real. So maybe don't bring in Brian Massey. Yeah, and, and they're only having 10, uh, 10 pitchers, possibly. So what is I guess and if, that is for? Like, we don't need it. So if they're only having 10 pitchers, and we know that four of them are the starters, and the fifth one is Gossman in the bullpen, Brit- then you got... And O'Day, Hunter... Miller. Miller. So we're at nine right there. Who's the tenth? Is the tenth uh, is the tenth Brock? Is the tenth Webb? Is the tenth TJ? You know, I think Brock has earned it as much as any, as much as the guys that you've just named. Yeah. How about uh, Ubaldo Jimenez? See, I would have never considered him as a possibility, but the fact that he pitched in Sunday's game when Showalter seemed to make it very clear that was the game to give guys work. Who were going to be right. pitching in the? And he struck out the side. He did strike Looked out the side. So who knows? Uh, I mean, I rationally, I feel like I don't want him anywhere near the postseason roster. But really, the, you know, they they worked with his mechanics. They changed his windup, just you know, just a little bit to make it a little more not as you know arms flailing everywhere. And he had his troubles in the two starts that he made, but he was he looked had moments when he looked on just like shutting guys down left and right he struck the side out today it would terrify me if he came into a into a postseason game but i also think that it would be like a really awesome kind of redemption story for him too so who knows but if like i said before if if buck thinks it's the right decision i guess i'll uh try not to be too scared Ubaldo only pitched 11 innings in september but he did have a 327 era which is his second best uh, month this year Amazingly, he was better than that in May, at least in terms of ERA. But, I mean, uh, like we were saying, Buck Buck knows what he's doing. He knows a lot more than us. Yes. So, so if, if he puts Zubaldo on there, I'm sure there's a good reason for it, although it still would make me uh, nervous. Well, you know, both in the... You know, there was a long time where we never even saw Ubaldo because he was banished. But in both of the starts he made... You know, he walked more than he should have, but he also went through stretches where he looked like untouchable. And maybe the problem is if he's out of the bullpen for an inning, does he come out of the bullpen like today, striking on the side, or does he come out walking five guys like he did in the first two innings of the clinching game? And I think if you can't know that, how can you bring him in? Right. How can you have confidence in him to come in, uh, you know, the sixth inning of game three of the ALDS in Detroit, and, you know, he's got to face, like, Martinez, Cabrera, and the other Martinez. Oh, my gosh. Whatever, like, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, I don't, I mean, would you bring him in for those guys, though? I don't. Yeah, maybe maybe think... he would come in for the bottom of the lineup. Right, although I do think that between uh, him and Brock, Brock has done a lot for this team this year. You know, he's very unheralded, and he, but he just goes out there when they need a couple innings and gets it done. You know, he very rarely blows up. He's just he's just like this nobody. I and like nobody Brock, which is surprising for a guy who was acquired for the low price of Troy Patton. Was he? No, Troy Patton was... No, he was they like Devin Jones. For, yeah, whatever. Which, who's Devin Jones, exactly? I got my it's, It was very... It was a stuff. trade that when it happened, I remember thinking, well, who cares about that? Like... Who cares about Devin Jones? Who cares about, who cares about either of those guys? And I don't know anything about what Devin Jones is doing in San Diego, but 
I mean, Brock has been very solid as a guy who can come in and pitch multiple innings. And I think that that's really hope ideally in the playoffs, your starter goes six or seven innings and then you only need your Andrew Millers and your Darren O'Day and Zach Britton's. But if, if things go crazy and if it happens that they need someone in the sixth inning or fifth inning, he's a really nice bridge. And I mean, stamina wise, Ubaldo can certainly do that, but I don't know that I want to see it. Speaking of starting pitching, that's the one thing to really, really be afraid of with the Tigers, because they're going to probably hit us with a rotation of Max Scherzer, David Price, Rick Porcello, Justin Verlander. That'd be my guess. Maybe in that mm-hmm. order, even. Well, like, like we said earlier before we came there, Scherzer's definitely, I think, going to be game one, because that way he can pitch again in game five if they need him. And he's been the best on their team. Which is why we were hoping that there would be a need for a game 163 between the Royals and Tigers, because then Scherzer could get burned in that. But That would have been awesome, but it wasn't meant to be. No, as Jay Jaffe likes to say, team entropy did not deliver. We couldn't get... We had three possible game 163s, and we couldn't get one yeah, of them. None of them hit. Mm. It's a shame. I love, I love game 163s as long as the Orioles aren't in them. Games 163 is the correct... My husband will tell me if he hears me say game 163s. So games 163. But yeah, Scherzer has a... I mean, Sanchez was is going to be in the bullpen, and he's also really good, and he was in the rotation for a lot of years. So, I mean, he was hurt, but, I mean, they just have... Yeah, that will, that will, squeeze, the out, that will squeeze out maybe one crappy uh, reliever. I don't know. I was right. reading well, on the Tigers, our Tigers counterpart site, blessyboys.com today. They think this rookie who started a few games for them at the end might make it in the postseason, Kyle Opstein uh, or something like that. Yeah, I I heard that they were kind of raving over him. He got kind of beat up um, in this twin series, I think. But they say, they say that he's come on out of nowhere when they needed pitchers because they had a while. Remember, there was a stretch where their starting pitchers were like Robbie Ray and Buck Farmer. And you're like, oh, the Tigers are done. But then their starting pitchers got healthy. Again well, I mean, let's get to it. If if I was the Tigers, I would be extremely embarrassed that I only clinched the division on the final game of the season. Yeah. You got freaking the last two years American League MVP on your team. Not that he should have won, but let, you know he did in fact win. He's still an awesome, he was awesome he would have been a worthy runner up even if he he didn't win like he shouldn't have. But um, you know, it, it really. And and how, what do they have? The, and then they ended up the, t- the season with the last three Cy Young winners in the American League on in their rotation. Like, why are you why are you going down to the last day where you don't? Even yeah, and they and they got. I mean, they were playing the Twins this weekend, and let me tell you, the Twins beat the crap out of them yesterday, and the Twins are terrible. So I don't know. I mean, any any terrible team can beat any good team any day of the year, but. It shouldn't have even gotten that far. How did it even? But hey, you know what? They're there now, and that's doesn't matter. That's they got what there. the Tigers have done like the last two years, really. It's like up. Oh, they should have been walking away with the division, and they didn't. It's just they're they seem to me to be perennial underachievers. Not that that means they're not capable of sweeping the Orioles in three games and going on right. to win the World Series uh, here. But that's uh, if I was them, I would be I would be pretty embarrassed. Like, I, well, I didn't watch, but I, I wouldn't have been spraying much champagne. I would have been like, well, okay. They were a little subdued. 
I mean, they were they were they were champagne and they were congratulating each other, but it was not like a oh yeah we kick ass kind of celebration. It was like finally we're here. <laughs> but also, this is the fourth consecutive year that the that the Tigers have won the AL Central, so they're old hat at it by now. They they're tired of I think celebrating winning the division. Hopefully, that's all they get to celebrate this year. So I've pulled up some pitcher versus batter numbers for the possible Tiger starters against the Orioles, and here's some good news. Nelson Cruz against Max Scherzer, 26 plate appearances. He's batted 440 with a 462 on base, 800 slugging percentage. Two home runs and three doubles. I like the sound of that. Adam Jones has batted 518 plate appearances and has a home run and two doubles against the Scherzer. Well, you know, kind of the theme of this year is that the Orioles have been able to beat the good pitchers and, you know, not beat the crappy pitchers. And hopefully that will carry on into having to face three former Cy Young winners over the last three years. Games one, <laughs> two, the... and four, probably. They, if, if necessary, game four would be uh, Cy Young winners. Well, Verlander, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he hasn't been himself this year, so... He still terrifies me, though, because he's still Justin Verlander. He is still Justin Verlander. Although Matt Angle once hit a home run off Justin Verlander, so how fearsome can he really be? Well, pretty fearsome. I think, I mean, the Orioles scored, did they only face him once this year? I I was at the game, the very awful game. It was a day game in May, and Verlander versus Kevin. It was a day game in May. They were starting. Kevin Gossman had just had pneumonia. Oh, and then they called him up to start on rest. rest. That's right. And it was it was a terrible game. But the Orioles scored five runs off of Verlander in like three or four innings. And it was early enough in the year that I was just like, I mean, obviously it was you know it was a terrible game to watch anyway because they lost. I was just like, man, to score five runs off of Justin Verlander and then to waste it is such a tragedy. But it turns out he gave that up plenty of times this year because he's been having a lot of troubles. But they also the faced him back in April, and he oh, did uh, they? he pitched eight innings, uh, five hits, two earned runs. That's pretty good, but not. Yeah, I couldn't remember if they faced him in the first series, but I definitely remember. I definitely remember the second one because I had to sit through it. It's a good reason for it to stick out in your memory. Yeah. So as long as those guys don't complete game shutout the Orioles, the, the Tigers' bullpen is going to be going to be a little dodgy. No matter what, I think. I mean, I they throw like... Sanchez out there, whatever. He's done well this year, but he's not like, you know, Mariano Rivera out there or something. No, he's and he's been a very good starting pitcher, but he spent. I think he only pitched like 120 innings or something because he spent quite a bit of time. 126. You know your stuff. Yeah. Hey. I might have looked at it earlier. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe I just know everything. Like Jim, I'm the Jim Palmer of Tigers pitcher stats. I know everything. It's not true. I love Jim Palmer. Yeah. We, we I make was fun just, of him, but really, he's the best. I was just thinking today how um, unfortunate it is that we don't we won't get to hear Jim and Gary during the playoffs. Is, we'll have to deal with the National Stooges. I mean, I guess if you go on the radio, at least you can still get Joe Angel and me. Mm-hmm, sure. It's, it's not the same as drunk Gary Thorne. Uh, just... Although, if I remember right, doesn't he do some work for, like, ESPN International or something? So maybe if the Orioles do good things in the playoffs, we may yet get some clips I've heard of Gary's him on, sound. Yeah, I've 
heard him on ESPN radio playoffs in the past. I don't know if like they were just simulcasting it from international or whatever, but it's not. I mean, obviously, the only thing I need is the Orioles in the playoffs, and the the rest is whatever. But you know, part a large part of my enjoyment of the regular season is is those guys, and so I'll feel like we're missing a little part of the family when we're watching it uh, on TV without him. Yeah, whoever the heck will be on what is TBS going to be the? Uh, yeah, so we'll have what like I don't even remember who does broadcast for them. Because uh, I don't. They're is, that, is it good? Maybe Cal well, and uh, Cal and John Smoltz and uh, Ernie his oh. face, and they'll give us all the uh, all the awkward shows for uh, whatever the heck show they're trying to promote this year. Oh right. They, well, they'll do that no matter what. Them and Fox, but I don't. I hope. I mean, I love Cal, but I hope he's not there. Let's see. Oh, it it is okay. It's either going to be the trio of Ernie Johnson, Ron Darling, and Cal, or the other crew is play-by-play from Brian Anderson with Hall of Famer Dennis Eckersley and veteran Joe Simpson. I'm reading from a. Oof. I mean, I guess. I don't. I can't. Ron Darling's voice drives me crazy, but I think I might hate Dennis Eckersley. He does Nesson broadcasts. He does. He? he does. I've seen him uh, at the press. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I've actually never heard him give a broadcast. I don't know. He might be good. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Cal learned a thing or two from his last experience when he pissed off every Oils Didn't game. he say he was trying so – he said later he was trying so hard not to be an Orioles yes. homer. He was like the ultimate Orioles hater. Because well, remember, I, that was his alter ego, Carl Ripken. Carl so maybe Ripken, if they right. fix that, it won't be Carl anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I remember thinking during the playoffs that he has to be just like trying really hard not to sound like a homer. That has to be what it is, and he's gone too far. And then later he admitted it, and that made me feel better. But it all it didn't make it any easier to listen to. Yeah. When he was saying that Adrian Belcher was a better defender than Brooks Robinson, and just like slobbering over the Yankees at every turn, like it was very uncomfortable. So I maybe he'll be better though. We'll give it we'll give it a try, but he'll never be Gary and or Jim. I don't know who's gonna. Oh, okay. The uh, the ALCS is gonna be the Johnson Darling Ripken. Oh, okay. So if the Orioles make it that far, we're definitely getting. Yeah. Well, you know what? I look forward to seeing how Cal has improved. Also, if the Orioles are in the ALDS, I don't care who or the ALCS, I don't care who announces it cuz the last that's time true. that happened, that's true. I was yeah. in ninth grade. That's what I that's what I mean. That's what I said. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. I can't ask for anything more than that. But oh, Miss Gary, I was just, you know, I was I was watching today. We were flipping back and forth today between the Orioles game and the Ravens game and you know, you just hear Gary and Made me think, oh, this is the last time for a while. Man, what if the Orioles make the World Series? Would that be the most awesome thing in the world or what? Other than them winning the World Series. Like, I just, uh, I honestly, and Stacey and I have talked about this some. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like for the Orioles to be in the World Series. I can't even, because we've never, you and I have never experienced that. Yeah, the last time there was a World Series game in Baltimore, um, I was there in my mom's womb because she was eight months pregnant. <laughs> so I guess you could say I had an obstructed view seat, but like, yeah, but I didn't see anything, and I I wasn't you know. No, I was uh, consciousness quite yet. 
I was a human being with consciousness, but I was uh, probably in bed before the game started. Yeah. So, so. you know, th- this this would be unprecedented for you know anybody under about you know upper thirty. Well, I'm thirty five. Yeah. And I don't. And I'm too young to remember it. So I would say anyone. I mean, you have to be over forty to really have a real memory of it. I think. So that's a lot of people, Orioles fans, who that would be awesome for. So hopefully they can, we can find a way for that to happen. I mean, the Orioles are capable of beating anyone, but they're capable of losing to anyone too. And of course, any you know, over a short series, especially five games, like one game can swing on some kind of fluke play. Mm-hmm. We're all thinking what kind of fluke play that might have been from Orioles history. Yeah. When I was 12. Or even if you just want to go back two years to something that was legitimate and not cheating, something as close as that home run. The, the name of foul home run. Foul oh, man. And I don't think it hit the foul pole. I think it was foul. I don't think it was a bad call. But. I mean, the distance that it missed by. I, I, I like remember. I remember. I was convinced it had hit the, the the pole, and the Orioles got screwed until they somehow they had like the blimp camera, mm-hmm. and then you could see there was there. Was some yeah, you could space. see the air, a little bit of air. Until and... then, I was convinced that the Orioles had gotten another screw job on a New York on a home run in the playoffs you know, in New York. Any one game can have something like that in it. And I feel confident in the Orioles that they have the talent to make enough of those kind of moments that enough of them will work out. And a five-game series, and you know, the Orioles have lost three out of five multiple times <laughs> this year. So I think that it could happen easily, and it would be very sad if it did. Yeah, it could be all over by a week from now. Cause oh my gosh, it better not I, be. I hope not, but it could be. That would suck. Oh, man, I can't. They have to. They have to at least make it to the ALCS. They have to, because I can't. Who knows when this chance is going to come again? Yeah, I'm not ready for there to be no more Orioles this year. No. And let's I, face it, the, the rest of the division is not going to be as bad as they were this year. No. That was one of the things we wanted to talk about was the whole kind of quasi-narrative that it's a down year for the American League East. Which, I mean, there are teams that are usually... Very good teams that were not this year. Right. I, it was a down year for some of the teams in the American League, but I think the division overall... As I think we saw in a mass and graphic within the last week, the division winning percentage was the best of all the divisions. I mean, not that it was a, a wide margin over you know, the, the, the one and two, but it's not, for instance, the division uh, of the National League East where there was the division winner and no other team was above 500. Yeah, what a joke. Like just really an absolute joke of a division, and that's who the uh, the Nationals beat up on to make right. And I don't think that the time. Nationals are a bad baseball team at all. I think they're a good baseball team, but I think that if they had been in a division with some other teams that were good, they might not have home field advantage throughout the playoffs the way, until the World the Series. The way the Orioles compiled a 96 and 66 record is a lot more impressive to me than. The way the Nationals compiled a 96 and 66 record. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they played so many games against teams that were just, and teams that were kind of like out of it. From Miami hung on for a little while, but the rest of them, like the yeah. Braves, just blew up in the middle of the season. They just like died. I mean, the the Nationals went 15 and four against the Mets. 
Uh, congratulations. You're beating up a bankrupt franchise. Good job. 12 and 6 against the Marlins. But they had losing records against Atlanta and Philadelphia, actually. And I don't know. They just. I mean, we all know that the National League is inferior. And I, I know that that gets greeted with a lot of ire from National League fans. I don't mean it necessarily in a negative way, well, but I if do. you just the look National at, League is Well, I know that I'm you do, but that position right out. I don't But what I mean is your pitcher bats. <laughs> and so right there, that's one less batter, real batter that the pitcher has to face. And then if your number 8 pitcher hitter is any kind of hitter, if he ever comes up with two outs, you just walk him. It's strategy. It's so there's no – you take a, one batter who's not really a batter and one batter who can have the bat taken out of his hand for almost no consequence at any time. So I find it, you know. And the bench guys who come in for the pitchers are probably not all that great hitters anyway because if they nah. were good, they'd be starting. They'd be playing, yeah. So, and, you, you and know, you, without the, the designated hitter, you can't – keep those guys fresh in the way that, for instance, the Orioles were able to do with the likes of uh, Delman Young or before he kind of took over at first base, like Steve Pierce. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the National League wins its share of, fair, very fair share of World Series, and that's because it's a seven-game series and anyone can get good for, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, if you take a look at the interleague records, there's no contest the american league beats the crap out of them every single year so the orioles are not were not in a down division they were in a division that had teams that the media likes to be good who weren't good but there were other good teams you know the yankees were not a bad baseball yeah team guess what year. the orioles were 13 and 6 against the yankees so if you take that out they're uh they were 12 games above 500 against every other team but they were seven games below 500 against the Orioles. So guess what? That's the reason why they were right. so bad. Right. The Yankees, and like I said, the the Blue Jays also were not a bad baseball team. They fell apart at the end. They had some injuries, and they weren't as good as people thought they were. But they still were not a bad baseball team. They weren't the Mets or the Phillies or the Braves. You know, they were. So I think. Saying that the division is in a down year is code for we're sad that the Yankees and Red Sox didn't make the playoffs, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, I think that the Angels have kind of proven themselves to be, for now, the strongest team in the American League. But they also got to play the Astros. Yeah, they had the Rangers and Astros in their divisions. The Mariners and the A's and the and the Angels all got to play those teams who were worse than the Rays and the Red Sox. Way worse. Angels so, against the Astros were 12-7. and seven. Against the Rangers, they were 14-5. and five. Good job. Yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't mean... And, like, that doesn't mean that none of those teams are good teams, because they all are good teams. But I just... I don't think that the... I think that the kind of byproduct of the Orioles being in the division with the, with the Yankees and the Red Sox is that they get kind of underestimated. And I don't think that it's specific to the Orioles, like, you know, it's with our, you know, our Baltimore inferiority complex. It's not that they're attacking the Orioles. It's just that they're so focused on the Yankees and the Red Sox that 
they can't fathom that the division can still be really strong just with different teams. So, but you know what? I, for, who cares? You know what? The Orioles in the playoffs. The Orioles are in the playoffs. Those teams are not in the playoffs. So uh, various people will have to deal with that in their own ways. I mean, so the playoffs this year, I'm very, I'm very happy with the fact that the Orioles. I'll be de- devastated if the Orioles get knocked out in the first round. Of course I will. But the fact that we're in a year where the, a few years ago, three teams that were a complete laughing stock, the Orioles, the Royals, and the Pirates have all turned it around and are all in the playoffs. And it's just after so many years of watching the same teams dominate and, you know, this all these teams are losers and these teams are winners and it, it's just so nice, and I'm just—it's a very refreshing postseason picture for me. Of course, it'll end up being a Tigers-Cardinals World Series. That would probably. be that would be unfortunate, but it, you know, it was fun to see the Royals fans celebrate. Oh, our, so our, our our SB Nation uh, blogger boss is a Royals fan, and just it, it was fun to see uh, to see him just kind of cut loose about the Royals making it because that that was their first time in the playoffs since. Uh, 1985, I think. So that's mm-hmm. you know that's pretty much the same. That's boat. A, yeah, that's some people's lives. At least the you know what, Margaret, you have a memory. I, well, I do have, have years ago. We have a memory of 97. I do. You had the opportunity to be heard by Jeffrey Mayer. These guys have never even. Oh, so yeah. When I right after the Royals clinched, I was on Twitter and I saw a couple. Um, you know, I saw tweets from some Royals fans that are in my timeline, and they were so happy. And so I just like searched on Royals in Twitter and it was just like made me, you know, it made me feel like the world was a better place. These people were so happy and they've been so, you know, that was us. We were, I I mean, I'm still, I'm still there, but that moment where it just becomes real because this whole season, like especially for the 2012 Orioles where it was like, it was really, will they, won't they until the last few games there. And then the, then the moment where it was finally like real was just, yeah. It's cool. It was fun to kind of see that from the outside instead of be that person. Right. Well, I'll never forget. And now, you, you know, you forget the Tigers because they've been good for so long. But the year, was it 2006 when they went to the World Series? Tigers were in there in six. Not sounds, the most right. recent one, but like the first one after they yeah, were back. Yeah, because then they lost to the Cardinals. Cardinals. And they got destroyed by the Cardinals, but... But that was like the crappy wild card, 83 mm -hmm, win mm -hmm. Cardinals or something. When they beat the Yankees and they were celebrating and it was, they were two, like two years or two or three, three years removed from losing like 130 games, 120 games, something like that. And I saw how, you know, and I was just like, that's going to be the Orioles and their fans one day. You know? And we haven't gotten as far as the Tigers yet, but, you know, being in the stadium when the Orioles clinch the division and hopefully when they clinch the next series and, well, hopefully they won't go five games. But, you know, it's just, it's just so nice to be able to be happy about something like that. And the Royals fans and the Pirates fans, like we are, the, the, those three teams are in a special club of as far as like this generation of baseball fans, because this generation of baseball fans have been a lot of misery if you're a fan of one of those three teams. And so 
I think it's really, really exciting. For anyone who was lucky enough to be there in August when the Orioles had the 60th anniversary party, like I, just ever since then, I've just been thinking about how how did they do that? They had all the Orioles' great eras, and the next time they have a party like that, you know, it, it, there's going to be a segment for the Buck Walter area of Orioles, and you know this, like we we were in the dark for so long, and now here we've got at least the very least two playoffs in three years. Hopefully, it'll be more than that, and hopefully, it'll be more than just making the playoffs this year. But I mean. It's it's cool that this special Orioles era has like finally kind of happened in my adult life. Yeah, it's like it's I, I still don't know how to handle it sometimes because it's like I don't like like uh, honestly everybody makes fun of me for like overreacting about everything, which some of it uh, just just to let you in on a little bit is kind of a joke, but <laughs> some of it is some of it is real, and it's just because like. Everything just has to feel like, oh, this is the end, because that's what I was just so used to for so long. But guess what? Every other team out there has problems. Like, they're, every team in the playoffs is good, but every team in the playoffs also has problems. And, you know, the Orioles have problems, they have problems. The Orioles can beat those teams. They can Any team in the playoffs, they could beat in whatever series you could make them in. And that's pretty cool to be able to say. It's not like they just backed into the playoffs. They're not the athletics who just went like uh i think 16 and 30 over the last 46 games is the athletics like the you know they didn't barely make it in the orioles are well deserving of being there well i think you know i kind of laugh at your over the top negativity which i know is an act but i know that there's a grain of truth in it because i feel like we spent a lot of time kind of like it's like we we spent all these years in kind of like an abusive relationship and now we're in a healthy relationship, but we just can't stop. And we're, and we're learning. We are getting, we're learning, you know, we are getting better at loving this team for how awesome they are and understanding that they have faults, but so does everyone, but they're not the kind of problems that they used to have. Like we're getting there, but there's still, I don't know. I, it's, it's tough to completely give into it when you have, been disappointed so many times and so and it's and I think that's dramatic of course it's dramatic it's it's a sport who you know but it's the truth and when you put as much of your heart into a team the way that Mark does and I do and anyone who cares enough for the world to listen to this this podcast does you know exactly how it feels and so I am so excited for the playoffs and but I'm just terrified that it's going to end so soon and you know what maybe I don't ever want it to I don't know do I ever want to become the kind of fan that's like oh I'm not worried because you know they're here all the time I don't know but you know we're getting better at being like yeah our team kicks ass but you still have to put up your defense mechanism a little bit because you're not quite sure when it's going to bite back at you Another thing is that kind of makes it harder to get used to is like baseball is different than it was when the Orioles were awful because the the run environment and whatever explanation you want to uh, believe is for why that is is, is seriously down because think about it the, the the 2008 Orioles the first year uh, the first full Dave Tremblay season that team scored 782 runs 
This year's Orioles scored 704 runs. Now, of course, the big difference is the 2008 Orioles gave up 869 runs, and this year's, Holy crap. <laughs> this year's Orioles gave up 593. So you've come down over 300, no, almost 300 what, runs. 869 runs? Yeah, you've come down, the team has allowed almost, uh, what is that going to be, 276 runs fewer, some, 274, something like that. That is almost five and a half runs a game. Yeah, fewer. And oh. so it, 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 baseball crap. is different. And some other things like, you know, power is down across baseball, but the Orioles have maintained that. So, like, I'm looking at a ESPN Stats and Info tweet right now. Nelson Cruz's 40 homers are the fewest to lead the majors since Jesse Barfield of the Blue Jays had 40 in 1986. Wow. So you're talking 28 years since only 40 homers was the major league leader. And the Orioles have that guy on their team. So... You know, that's um, that's a big deal. Yeah, the Orioles are definitely on a a good offensive team in a world in a you know maybe it's just I mean I'm sure that the kind of steroid era coming to something of an end has a lot to do with it. But I also think that baseball is just you know cyclical, and right now pitching is the king, and shifts are the king which takes away from offense and the Orioles have managed to not fall as victim to that as some other teams. And it's, it's fun. I don't know how they decided because if you look at their individual players, like they don't, you know, they don't take that many walks, which is very frustrating, but they still somehow, you know, come together to do that but now that i'm looking at how many runs they score per game of course it's less than detroit and oakland and the angels like just just <laughs> last year the orioles as a team had a 744 ops which uh if a baseball reference converts that into ops plus which is like team ops adjusted to ballparks and so that was a 101 ops plus and 100 is basically average and if you have more than that you're better than average if you have less you're below average so the orioles with 744 OPS, were basically average last year. And this year, their OPS was only 734. So they were 10 points slower, but their OPS plus was actually 106. So it was a little bit higher. Yeah, that's like... So again, like just did... just from last year, the, the run environment is... Yeah, I was looking at Adam Jones's stats earlier. And like his OPS plus of the last two years is like identical. But his OPS was like actual like straight OPS was like 30 points higher last year. And there's the same OPS plus because that's the environment that they're in now. And, you know, the Orioles don't, they just are a very well-rounded team, in my opinion. I think that they haven't let their offense drop off. They don't have a lot of stars. You know, they don't have a, they don't have Miguel Cabrera or Mike Trout, but they have across the board with a couple exceptions, you know, pretty decent shot at, at scoring runs, and then they're pitching. They don't have Clayton Kershaw, but they have, you know, four or five guys that have just been so solid. And I think that's a really nice combination. You know, you don't rely there. They don't it doesn't feel like they rely too much on any one thing, which is nice because. Pitching slumps and hitting slumps and hopefully if you kind of build both sides to a solid thing, then they can carry each other when they have to. 
Yeah, Stacy, there was an old Camden cast. I think you were even on it where we talked about before this before a season. It might even been before 2012. And one of our one of our guest questions was, would the Orioles have a starter with an ERA under four? Oh yeah. And I, I've been thinking about that. And as I look at the ERA page on Baseball Reference right now, the Orioles have five starters with an ERA under four this year, and you know five of their six who started. So so six pitchers started 161 games for the Orioles. The only exception was T.J. McFarlane. Mm-hmm. And five of those six guys, ERA under four. And the only exception is Ubaldo. So, I mean, like, you know, the Orioles' pitchers are better. I mean, the league offense is down, but the, the pitching, but they still... you know, they've, they've, they've made strides. Like, if you look at, I mean, if you look at ERA+, plus, which is the same thing, over 100 is above average, other than Ubaldo... They're all above average, and I don't remember the last time that that happened. And so, if you count Ubaldo as not, you know, not one of the five starters, which he kind of, you know, wasn't after a while, that's fantastic. Which means, so yeah, they don't have anyone who is gonna, you know, not allow any runs for like 30 straight innings or something. But they have guys who go out and hold the other team from scoring a lot of runs on a regular basis and just go to last year the 2013 Orioles gave up 709 runs so we've gone down over 100 just since last year like is that all Dave Wallace it's probably not all Dave Wallace but new pitching coach uh I I can't imagine hurt that I don't know what kind of magic he's got going on if any but it's uh you know and there there are individual pitchers who you've seen improve from year to year because I want to say like Bud Norris uh, sanded down a lot of his platoon splits mm-hmm. compared to last year, and I think Tommy Hunter uh, did the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that was something that we've heard that Bud Norris and Dave Wallace and, you know, Dom Chidi were working on during, you know, the spring training and the offseason. And it really has paid off because you and I both going into the season thought it is only a matter of time before Bud Norris isn't in this rotation because he can't get lefties out. Bud Norris you, last year had an uh, OPS against lefties, had an OPS against of 889. They batted 315, 381, 509. That's, you know, basically lefties against him were like an MVP-ish candidate. Mm-hmm. And this year, that OPS against lefties was down to 753. 255 average, 331 on base, 422 slugging percentage. And that's like, still that is huge. I mean, and that's still lefties are still hit him okay, but it's lefties hitting him in at a normal good pace instead of like a historic yeah MVP season good pace. And I think that that, and you know, back to Ubaldo Jimenez, it's only been we've only seen him three times since his kind of um, extended hiatus from pitching, but you know Dave Wallace and Dom Chidi they they're kind of this package deal, and they worked with him on. On making a couple, just a couple tweaks to his to his uh, wind up and his mechanics, and he doesn't look 100%, but he looks a lot better. That I caught the inning today with it where he struck out the side because I like I said I was switching back and forth because today's game didn't really matter, and I caught the inning and he looked great. I mean, through 16 pitches, which is a lot of which isn't, but for him. He looked great. Striking out and the I, side with 16 pitches is plenty all right. Well, yeah. I mean, right. It's not terrible, especially since we've seen him throw like 30-some pitches in an inning. But he looked really good to me. And it's only it's, it's only 
three times seeing him, but you know, if those guys are are you know that um, capable of identifying issues and getting buy-in from the pitchers to make changes, because that's I think you know in the past with other management tenures, sometimes you got the feeling that there was pushback from the players not wanting to be coachable. And if they can, if they have the confidence of their players and they can identify things, then that could be a world of difference. I don't know if it's true or not. You can never know from what's going on behind the scenes, but players are getting better. Like the, I think Bud Norris is a huge, a huge example of another, that. Another, another big one. Take Tommy Hunter from last year against lefties against him. Had an 8.57 OPS. He he gave up 11 home runs to lefties in 177 plate appearances. And this year, lefties against him had a 6.39 OPS, which is actually better than the OPS righties had against him. That's great. And he only gave up two home runs in 116 plate appearances to lefties this year. So, I mean, that's another guy. Just He had this huge flaw. Couldn't get lefties out. And he just he sanded that off. Yeah, sadly, they don't seem to have been able to fix Brian Mattis. Well, some people are just beyond saving. You know, <laughs> you can't, you can only do so much. Yeah. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting. The, the game has changed, and the Orioles are succeeding in ways we couldn't have imagined. And I mean, really, nobody could have imagined like five years ago any baseball team doing the kind of stuff baseball teams are doing now. The game evolves. The Orioles, when they were bad, it just felt like they were bad in like the same way every time, every year. Just always they could kind of hit, but then their pitching was terrible. And it's, they finally got out of that rut and they kind of, they kind of started to get out of it in 2012. But I mean, now they're, they're even more out of it now with, you know, shaving off a hundred runs since last year is pretty huge. Yeah, I think that the starting pitching I think that within kind of the Orioles fan base and media the starting pitching gets a lot of credit. But I think outside of that people don't recognize it. And I I don't necessarily blame them because I don't know all of the non star you know, details about non star players and all the other teams, but you know, they don't have a flashy guy who you know, strikes out 15 guys and makes the highlight reel every five Right, those days. are the people that the national media notices. I mean, you know what, well, strikeouts right. are awesome. So, you know, the guys that are out there are striking out, you know, 220 or more guys a year, good for them. It's great, yeah, great no, for I, the fans who get to watch them. Right, and I think, so I think that when you hear kind of national analysts talking about, oh, well, do the Orioles even have the pitching for that? Although I started to see, like, there was an article... About Miguel, wasn't it ESPN? Miguel Gonzalez had, there was an article about him and how he's just this underrated, you know, solid pitcher. And I was just like, oh, they know who he is now? Because <laughs> I would have thought that other, you know, they didn't because you don't ever hear about that because he's, you know, he makes $500,000 a year and he only strikes out five guys a game. And, but you know what? He's been awesome for the Orioles for this is for three years. And I think that if you don't see a pitcher as much, then you rely, and I'm guilty of this too, but you rely on the numbers on the page and the gaudier they are, the more that you're like, Oh, that guy. And 
you know what? I don't care what the numbers on the page say for the Orioles pitchers, as long as they keep getting the job done. So I like our guys. That's cool. that's the that's a good phrase. Much better phrase than we won't stop for the year. Yeah. I like our guys. I also like our guys. And uh there's there's no reason not to like them. They're they are division winners and that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to see. So here are some numbers off the Orioles game notes that maybe will be the kind of key to the series. So obviously there's lots of reasons why these things happen, but just just for instance, the Orioles when they score first were sixty one and sixteen this year. So obviously anybody scores first, that's good. But you know, you want you want them to score first, score four or more runs, seventy five and fifteen. It's it's probably the magic number for every team, but the Orioles in particular, because you know, if they're pitching their pitching probably is giving up in the three range, maybe a little bit more. So if they score more than that, great. Orioles out hit their opponents. We are talking seventy and twelve record. These are the magic things. And how much will that happen or even matter in a five game series? Because I think like today they lost and or they won, they didn't get out they got out hit by the Blue Jays, but it was one to nothing and the one was a home run, so great. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's a short series. Anything can happen, but the no, the the way that the Orioles hit kind of overall gives you a good feeling that they have a chance on any on any day. You know, they lost a game against I don't remember who. They, but it was recent since they clinched. Oh, the Red Sox, I think. And but they had, they had they got like 17 hits and like three runs or I don't remember the number but it wasn't it was enough one of those runs. bullpen insane games wasn't it and the one where it was like ended up nine to five and O'Day ended I don't up remember but they had 17 hits and not enough runs and after the game some Camden chatters in the comments were 17 hits and you don't get that many runs well and I'm just like you can't give me 17 hits every freaking game and they will win 100 games like you can't just because so it doesn't all no it doesn't always work out and it might not work out in this one five game stretch of of games, but they're good enough for they're good enough to win. And if they lose, maybe they got outplayed. Maybe they got, you know, maybe it was bad luck that they got 17 hits, but they couldn't get them all enough of them in the same inning. You know, it's and it'll stink and it'll be terrible and awful. But I don't go into the playoffs feeling like these Orioles are overmatched against anyone, even the Detroit pitching staff. My big hope is that it just doesn't turn into the last time the Orioles were in the playoffs and just. They didn't hit, and they couldn't. It was like they just. Yeah. They, it was like they had no gas left in the tank. So, it, like, that it, was rough. The fact that they've been resting people so much the last couple of weeks, and they've had the luxury of being able to do that, will hopefully mean that can be hopefully different. Because of course, you know, the fear is well, like they flipped off the switch, and now they won't be able to flip it back on again. But like, it's it's certainly possible. There's tangible benefit to guys getting a little bit of rest i think there definitely is yeah i mean like and i know this is just one anecdotal reference but adam jones has been struggling for a long time at the plate he got a few days off and then he came back and he's been like killing the ball the last you know couple games and i think and it's 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 one example it's it could be nothing but it was just nice to see because you would rather, regardless of the reason, you want him to go into the into the playoffs hot and not cold. And he, you know, he was cold for a while. And, you know, I just think it's 
I think Marcakis, who has been up and down this year as far as hitting, like sometimes, like he he had like, he, a couple long stretches in the summer where I was like, yeah, this, you know, this isn't the Nick that we thought we were getting five years ago. But if he can get on base this much ahead of guys, that's great. But then he just also went cold, and you know, he kind of saw a little pick, bit of a pickup when he got some games off too. So. I mean, hopefully that's it. You know, it is a very long, long season. And these guys are almost every day of the season, they're either playing a baseball game or traveling somewhere to play a baseball game. They have only like a couple off days the entire year where they don't travel. So, yeah, they. I really just hope they, because the, the 2012 postseason was just, they were just, a team that had scored runs all year long and then just stopped. And like it was... the, the Orioles couldn't score runs and the Yankees beat them. And then the Yankees went against the Tigers and they couldn't <laughs> score runs and the Tigers beat them. And then the Tigers went against the Giants and the Tigers couldn't score runs. Yeah. Giants were the World Series winners. Yeah. So I think, who knows? But it can only help, I think. I'm not really worried about them. I worry more about the pitchers going in cold. Because, you know, they... You always hear that they're more, you know, of a routine, you know, if they got to have their regular work. But it seems like Buck has done a really good job of making sure his relief pitchers get rest. But also, like, you know, today he used guys that are going to be there. And a couple days ago he was using them. But then in other games when he's trying to rest them, you get Evan Meek in the ninth inning of a tie game. So because Buck is doing what I believe he believes is best for the team in the playoffs. Yeah. Would it have been nice to like go as hard as you can to try and get the best record? Yes. But if a few days rest and a kind of blowing off of a couple games, the last week leads to guys being fresher in the playoffs, then it seems like a no brainer. Yeah. Cause what does the best record really get you Ooh, one more home game? If you need it in the ALCS, yeah. like yeah. where the, you know, the Orioles are not exactly bad on the road either, so it's not like you got to totally fear going on the road. Home record was 50 and 31, which is great, but on the road they are 46 and 35, which you know what? Also great. great. <laughs> yeah. So you know that this is uh, it's not the worst thing in the world to be no. the number two seed. And if the Angels get wiped out in the division series, which is completely possible of happening, guess what? If the Orioles are in the ALCS, home field is right back. Yeah, and you know, the Angels have been playing out of their minds for like almost, you know, the last two months. But who cares? It's a brand new it's a brand new, you know, ball game when the when the uh playoffs start. And maybe they'll steamroll everyone and I would be disappointed. I'd be disappointed if obviously I want the Orioles to go all the way, all the way. And that's, and I'll be so sad if it's any outcome other than that. But once I kind of, if that happens and I kind of, you know, look my wounds and I'm ready for a little bit more playoff baseball, if the angels or the tigers end up in the world series, I'm going to be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. With all these possible cool teams, like Royals would be cool athletics. I mean, it's hilarious that they've floundered so much, but they, you know, that what they haven't been in the world series since the, Earthquake World Series, right? So I mean, right? They they haven't been able to get out of like the you know the division the, series. They like, haven't yeah, gotten out of. It feels I, like the A's are really good a lot of years, and they are really good a lot of years, but they just haven't been able to take that next step. And even though I'm not going to feel sorry for any fans whose team get to the playoffs that many years, it has to still be so frustrating. And I think Detroit 
well, Detroit kind of, but they've actually made it to the World Series. They just lost the World Series. So, you know what? Whatever. But if, I mean, Baltimore or Kansas City or even Oakland, what any of those would be a good story. And in the National League, the Pirates would be a good mm-hmm. story. I mean, the Dodgers, I, I can't get hate the Dodgers. Like, they got Kershaw. That's cool. He's awesome. And the Dodgers are easy to kind of write off as another unlikable team, but they haven't won the World Series since the 80s either. So what is there's 88? Dempsey was on that team, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Uh, maybe I don't know, but yeah, it was 88. So I mean, really, the Cardinals and the Giants and the Angels are really the only three teams going into the playoffs that have won the World Series in like the last recent past. So I'll be really disappointed if those two of those three teams end up in the end up in, or Detroit because whatever. But I'll be disappointed no matter what happens if it's not the Orioles. It's you know, I still I spent so many years going through the you know, the loser exercise of okay now what team am I gonna root for? Don't so have I still to kind worry of worry about that for I know, it's nice, team. right? I can just root for my team. It's amazing. It's fun. But I still I still like good stories in baseball and you know who knows? Maybe the the Angels will just roll over. There, and... There's good teams in the playoffs every year. There's many good teams, mm-hmm. and only one of them can win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it would certainly be disappointing if the Orioles lost in, in any round if they lose from here on. It would be a disappointment. But, you know, only one team can win, and hopefully it's a sign that they will be able to be back. Because, right. like, I mean, if you think about it, another thing going into before this year, well, we were like, oh, man, well, the Orioles, they need to win before... Chris Davis and Matt Wieters are free agents and they're gone. Well, guess what happened this yeah. year? You, there was there was no you know positive season long contribution from either of those guys. Like I'm more worried about. Well, this could be the last year JJ Hardy is an Oriole because they need him at shortstop to do awesome on defense. Like, but I mean the 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 kind of Scott Boris apocalypse is just. Whatever, if, if the, you know, whatever makes the Orioles not be good anymore, it's not going right. to be that. Well, you know, maybe I'm just crazy and, you know, kind of have bought into this whole misfit Dan Duquette era. But I feel like Buck Showalter and Dan Duquette have, they haven't done anything but make this team better. And... In ways that we never even imagined, but it still happened, and that's the important part. So, you know what? I'm starting to have a little faith that maybe they can just keep, you know, so what? Chris Davis leaves, Matt Waiters leaves, whoever leaves. Well, you know what? If these guys are good at their job and they are shaping up to be, you know, pretty good, if a little unorthodox, then... The Orioles will have plenty of chances with plenty of other players that we will fall in love with also. And I think as much as I want them to win the World Series more than anything, all we can ask is that, you know, there's guys running the team who can put a team on the field every year that that has the chance. And even last year when they won 85 games and they kind of floundered down the line, they were a few, you know, if a couple other things had broken in a different direction they were in the contention until you know well like the game where manny got hurt was the game they got eliminated i think wasn't uh, it or 
maybe the game. I don't know if it was that. officially that game or if it just felt like it because I was so sad over Manny. But yeah, and that was like the second to last series or yeah, you know, it was in you know, it was so, in the range of the last week of the season that they mm-hmm. got officially eliminated. So I mean, it's not like they were yeah. So hopeless. and I think if this team can like stay good enough consistently enough that they get to the playoffs two out of every three years and the third year are, you know, decent but don't have some things go their way, then bring it on. It's only a matter of time. Of course, that's probably what the A's fans and Detroit fans have been saying for how long. But Probably you know, what Braves could... fans said for like 20 years. Oh, yeah, they really, had a, they really had troubles. But, yeah, it's just you got to be good enough to get there and – it's still boggles my mind that the Orioles are good enough to get there. One, the but they are. By They're 12 here. Twelve games. Mm. Twelve games. Which I I don't even think they did that one by that much in like the great 1979 or whatever. Let's see what does our encyclopedia say? Did they ever come in first by more than twelve games? I don't know that they did. Well, you know, back then there were more teams. Than there the were. That's true. You had a seven-team uh, AL East or even before, before that, 69, you didn't have, and you had yeah. just the AL was ten teams. So, but I, I'm feeling very good about about the postseason. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't want to say I'm scared. I'm worried because I'll be sad if it's over before we're ready for it to be over. But as of right now, I don't. This team has given us, you know, all I could have hoped for. And they're the Orioles, and they're good. It's awesome to be able to say that. I don't know that I will ever get tired of it. No. I don't ever want to take it for granted. Yeah, we, we've certainly got plenty of memory of when they were not good. And whatever else happens this year, we got a new division banner. Within a day, the Orioles had added added it to their stationery that is on like all the top of all their press releases. I was I was amused by that. They didn't add it right the night of, but they added it the next day. And hopefully, they can maybe add uh, something like American League champions this year, and World Champions would be even better. Put another banner up in all the places where they paint the banners in Camden Yards. Have a parade. Oh yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> But one step at a time. That's right. But you know what? It's all possible right now. The season mm-hmm. is the regular season is over, and we can still dream of where the Orioles will end up, which is a whole lot better than quite a number of years. So game one is Thursday. We still don't know what time. I don't know when they're going to announce what time. I don't know if they're waiting for the wild card game. I don't know what that would matter, because it's going to be a game in Los Angeles and a game in Baltimore, no matter what happens. But I, it's going to be 6 o'clock, I, I think. I think that's what Showalter said a few days ago. He was thinking it would be one would be like in the 6.30 range. And then on the Friday, where there's going to be four division series games, because both the National League series will be going then as well, it seems like it's possible the Orioles will play like a 1 o'clock or on Friday, maybe. That's what I, that's what I saw Showalter said. They might, yeah. they might change well, that I, up. But. I definitely think they're probably going to have a day game just because 
one uh, one NLDS game and one ALDS game are both going to be in California. So you think they'll get the later later time slot, and they're the, they're the bigger market in the late and the West Coast time zone. So, so the Orioles will just be competing. I mean, we'll see. Either the, I think either the Orioles or the Nationals will get the 1 p.m. and then the other one will get the maybe like four or something. We'll see. We'll see, but that's when you can... Uh, Whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever time it is, there's going to be a playoff game on Friday. And stay tuned on Camden Chat uh, for all the fun and excitement and whatever, because we will have you covered. That's right. There's my plug. I'm usually bad at plugging on this podcast, but just seriously, we all do good work on Camden Chat, if I might so a little bit unhumbly say. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for your Orioles fix... You should definitely check us out, camdachat.com. If, if for some reason you listen to this podcast and you don't visit Camdachat regularly anyway. Honestly, I, I never know how that comes together. I always imagine people who already are Camdachat readers listen, but maybe you're not. You should, you should read them. We will, we will have all the angles covered for you. That's about all the time we have tonight. I think we've gone a little over the time we meant to, but you know what? It's been a while, We're and, and the Orioles won the division, and that's awesome. So I, I hope you don't mind. Probably if you do mind, you've already turned this podcast off anyway. So uh, I think I think we're okay either way. So that's all we have for tonight. So for Stacy Fulcomer, I am Mark Brown. We're bringing you Camden Cast. This is Birdland, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>